Well, good morning. Looking forward to our, our weekend. Hope that you've had a good week. Hope that the things that we've talked about have been encouragement to you. They've shaped your perspective in a more biblical way. Uh, they've provided reminders of things that you already knew, and they have encouraged you and challenged you to turn your focus on the Lord, to rest in Him, to have a life that is day by day being built on that solid foundation and fleeing to Him in time of trouble where we come close to Him and we are resting under the shadow of His wings. And what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like us to go into the weekend reflecting on all the things that we've talked about. So here are my final thoughts. The first thing I'd like to say is that as we look at this passage of Scripture, we are reminded that Christians are to be realists. Now, one of the charges that people often bring against Christians is that they say, well, these are people that are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. These are people who stick their head in the sand. These are people who don't live in reality. These are people who live uh, in sentimentality. Well, I will tell you that is not true. If I was to look at the secular worldview versus the biblical worldview, I would have to say that objectively speaking, it is not the Christian worldview that sticks its head in the sand and ignores the facts. Rather, it's the secular worldview. It's the worldview that provides no basis for you to call something right or wrong. It's a worldview that rages at evil, but has no way of actually identifying what it is in an objective manner. It's one that builds, uh, we could say, views of how society should function and how you relate as nations without a true understanding of human nature. And what the Bible does is it speaks realistically and objectively about people, about the world we live in, about this present age. And so as Christians, we should have a biblical view of humanity. We recognize that this is a fallen world. We recognize that all people are sinners by nature, that we need human government because human behavior is evil. We need military and law enforcement and a justice system because nations will abuse one another if there's not a, a means to defend one nation against another. Citizens will abuse one another if there's not a legal system that keeps evil in check. And so we understand human nature is sinful and humans are vulnerable. And because of that vulnerability, we've got to turn somewhere to find strength and protection. Secondly, we have a biblical view of the world around us. This is a fallen world and a troubled world. All of us on the day that, we born, that we're born, our bodies are going to eventually, though we grow and we mature, there's eventually going to be a time where we begin to decline and we experience sickness and we experience trouble. And eventually one day we're going to die. And so the Bible gives us a very clear understanding of that. Read the book of Ezekiel, Ecclesiastes, and it really hammers out that point. Remember now that creator in the days of thy youth before the evil day comes and you say, I have no pleasure in that. Thirdly, it gives us a biblical, a biblical view of this present age. We recognize that we are strangers and that we are pilgrims. And this time that we have here is temporary. And it's about preparing us for glory. It's about investing in eternity. It's about living a life 
um, for things that actually matter and will last forever. And we have a biblical view of God himself. He is sovereign. He rules. He reigns. He is involved in everything that's going on in the world today. He uses all things to accomplish good in the lives of his children. And so Christians are realists. They're practical. They're objective if they are living consistent with the Christian worldview. Secondly, Christians need to be consistent. What I mean by that is that we affirm by virtue of being Christians that we believe in the gospel and that the gospel has saved us. So we as Christians should live out the position that we have. We should rest in that position. We should live like we are redeemed. We should, we should live like we are actually forgiven and cleansed. And we have a sure hope that we will spend eternity with God. We should live like those things are true. We affirm that the Holy Spirit is building us up into spiritual maturity. And since we affirm that this is true, we should embrace what God is doing in our lives. We should accept humbly that, yes, these circumstances are for my good and his glory, ultimately to shape me into the image of Christ. We affirm that the world is temporary, so we should live like, in fact, this is a temporary world. The troubles that we experience have an end date. The perspective that we have should be shaped by our understanding of this moment we live in in the light of eternity. And lastly, we affirm that God is good. He's wise. He's all-powerful. He's actively at work in our lives in this world. So let's learn to trust him when the troubles come. Let's flee to him in trouble. Let's let these truths about God shape our perspective. Last thing I will mention is this. As Christians, we've got to continually reflect on the things that God has done for us. On the Sunday that we dealt with this passage of Scripture, uh, we, we celebrated the Lord's table. And when we celebrated the Lord's table, we were remembering his death until he comes. We we're taking the bread and we were remembering his body broken. We were taking the juice and as we drank it, we remembered his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. God established that memorial so that the church would come together and continually remind themselves of the nature of the gospel. And we as Christians should be a people who preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. We remind ourselves of the cost of, of our salvation. We remind ourselves of the nature of our salvation. We remind ourselves of the relationship that we have to God. We remind ourselves of, of how he uses everything in our lives to accomplish his purposes. And so I want to close by reading this last little section one more time in verses 7 and following. He says, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. With thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. May God help us to live out what this text is describing. Have a blessed rest of your day, a blessed weekend, and I hope that we'll see many of you on Sunday. Bye now.